you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Sin City Steve and Rob Bossolari here on the Vegas Bad Boys podcast. DJ Impact is out on a boat. And uh, he's on a boat. He's on a boat. Yeah. Okay. Also, he has a dick in a box. Oh, okay. Wait a so, minute. Yeah. <laughs> just you, just, you just went right for the jugular. There was no subtlety there. No kayfabe. No, 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 no. No, uh, this is just. Yeah, it's, it's okay. just a fact. Just truth, right? Um, uh, so, uh, you know, usually we do uh, uh, three counts uh, where we do three topics, uh, but this week we had a uh, a uh, event for AEW Full Gear 2023, um, and uh, we are going to talk a little bit about this uh, show. Um, first off, uh, let's, uh, you know, let's talk about, um, the idea of, uh, having it in Los Angeles. Um, I know the, uh, the crowd was a bigger crowd, uh, for them, which is a good sign. Looked like a fuller house. Uh, well, they yeah. said it was the capacity. It looked decent. Didn't look like yeah. their other shows. Yeah, it and was it like definitely... it was thirteen thousand. Right. Nice. Okay. All right. I'm giving them applause for that. They that's baby steps, getting back yeah. in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, um, and it definitely was a fuller house. You could see Kimmy Gibbler was all grown up on that one. So oh, Jesus uh, <laughs> But uh, you know, the uh you know, of, of course, um you know it's it's a combination of uh, selling tickets and uh, also offering, you know, two for ones or discounts or giving tickets away. So, or bumps. Uh, yeah. It is Tony okay. Khan. Well, you know, uh, but you know, the idea of uh, full gear, um, you know, being in LA, uh, especially with having uh, the other uh, uh, shows, uh, you know, taping as well. Um, it's a question that I wonder when you have the pay-per-view in the city now, I think when they started, there was more excitement around the product. Now you're looking at it and you're kind of going, should the television tapings be farther away from the pay-per-view city? I think that's a legitimate question. Um, you know, some, you know, even Ontario, they had a hard time getting people into Ontario. So 
it puts more pressure on them to have to fill out that room and then to have the disappointment as a guy in the on the you know watching at home going ah you've only got half a room right and i can see you're struggling to 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 tape a match now because you can't even get good spots because you don't want to catch a spot and the entire back row is empty right right and they already have troubles with catching spots their camera guys you know a lot of times things get missed and if you're also worrying about that it's it's tough um the question is uh why not run san diego you know why not uh run uh you know somewhere that's a little um the orleans is a ten thousand room 10,000 seating room, and I think yeah. they would have a problem with that because some of their local venues or their weekly tapings are only getting 4,000. So you got to go TNA rooms. You got to basically, the kind of rooms that TNA is using for their pay-per-views is what AEW should be using for their weekly shows, the 5,000 seat arenas, the smaller yeah. arenas for like, you know, the, where the Silver Knights play in Henderson, which is probably yeah. like five or 7,000 would be a good venue. And, you know, then you can say, hey, we're in Las Vegas and Henderson adjacent to law and you can still stay face. Right. Exactly. Uh, Travis uh, chimed in here. They have issues doing spots. Uh, if you want to elaborate that a little bit more, Travis, go ahead um, and we can kind of talk about that. Um, There's been a few botches lately on some more of the technical spots where people are just missing their marks. And maybe the chemistry between the two people in the ring are just not good. Well, that's, you know, and that's a, a big question, too, is, uh, you know, how hard is it to, you know, to get the the chemistry gelling when a lot of these guys now have been working together for a while? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I can point, see that. But the one thing that AEW does, which is shit is you'll establish a, a, a feud between Matt Michaels and Sin City Steve. And then on week two of the feud, Matt Michaels is going to, uh, you know, going to attack Rob Bossolari and we're going to have a match. And then Sin City Steve is going to interrupt at the end of that match. Well, now, if you two were the ones who were supposed to be feuding, the technical aspect of it is that's your partner in the ring. You've been working to battle him. Now I'm interrupting that. So you don't have that chemistry with me because you're not training with me. You're not doing spots with me. You're not going in the ring and doing any pre-work. So in paper, hey, I'm going to do a Hurricane Rana. Okay, okay, we're doing a Hurricane Rana. Okay, we're locking up. We're going to lock up and then I'm going to do the Hurricane Rana. All right, well, you've been you've been you know training and expecting to fight since Steve, Steve or vice versa. Now you're fighting me, and I'm five foot seven. It's a whole different game now. And I, they've given you one day's notice. How can you have a good, safe match and also hit all your spots if you're just doing these random matches here and there? I'm asking as a casual who got to do a couple of months worth of training and watch how they do that, how they call spots. Hey, when are you going to call the spot? The lockup? When are you going to do it? When you're in the when you're in the um, uh, when you're in a, in a like a, a you know. A head scissors? Are you going to call out a spot? Are you going to have a at you know a ring valet? You know Paul Heyman was calling the spots for um, uh, for Brock Lesnar all the time. Brock hit him with this. Well, he was actually calling the spots there. So if you're doing all of these impromptu matches with one with a couple of days' notice, there's no fucking way in hell you're going to have clean matches. That's just me. Well, and 
Travis makes the point here. No performance center and no house shows is the reason for these botches, which is absolutely true in the sense that, um, yeah. Um, and, and you don't, on top of the botches, you don't get to work on character. Um, right. You know, so there there is an upside to house shows um, that is unbelievable. Work out the kinks. Yeah. Yeah, and you get to try. You get to try. Uh, you know, new things, new spots. Um, you get to work on timing, um, and you know the performance center is a, is a big, uh, big deal. I, I still don't understand why Tony hasn't done something like that. Completely has, agreed. Yeah. So they're not. They're not even doing a training type center. No, if if, if they, they were if they were smart, then they would sign some sort of a deal with Defy or even FSW or some top tier indie promotion, and essentially use that indie promotion as a feeder and as a training center. So, in I, other words, I, their attitude is all of these guys are professionals, and if somebody new comes in, the older guys will just kind of you know show them the ropes on the road as they go along. Is that the idea? Well, you know what? I don't even think that's the idea because quite honestly, um, <laughs> the problem they're having is that the young guys are not listening to the old guys. So, you know, it comes down to uh, it's the old. Uh, yeah. And, and this is, this is true too. Travis says uh, QT. Yep is the top guy at nightmare factory why is that not their training center and it should have been their training center you know it was something that they basically were almost pushing as their performance center mm -hmm. in their training center but they also have the fucking facility in jacksonville why not build that up and make that a center you know um but you know that that's the thing. Even TNA has a training center. They kind of showed you a few times that Johnny Bravo yeah. is their their TNA trainer, their Impact Wrestling trainer, and they've shown some videos of him doing, you know, going through and showing which guys, you know, yeah, that's well, and, and and that's the thing. Um, you know the the whole thing is is that when you have. Uh, a bunch of when you don't have someone in control who can lay down a you know this this needs to be done or else you're getting punished you know you have to have authority when you're the owner you can't just be a best friend um and even when you are a best friend, the best friends don't get enough TV time. So go figure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's that's the thing is you can build these guys up. Um, they can learn. Uh, you know, Steve, you, you brought up on Wrestling Talk Darby and his body and the stuff he puts it through. So my problem with, with a guy like that is you're a stuntman at that point. Now, Mick Foley... Mick Foley, you could argue, well, he did that his whole career. But Mick Foley was a trained wrestler who, if you go back and you watch matches, especially earlier in his career, he was doing what you do as a wrestler. And I think that, you know, guys like Darby would benefit from having the extra work. The question is, would they want to put in the extra work, especially when you're getting that that kind of money? 
it's you know it's you going well wait a minute i'm a star why the fuck do i need to train so you just said it the kind of money if i'm making a quarter million well i don't know what he's getting paid let's let's say it's some ridiculously good check that none of us would be able to earn in 10 years he's gonna go wow i'm getting this money now and i'll deal with it later right and i'll be famous and somebody will want me to do something else or i'll be put in the back somewhere and then i'll have a job for life yeah yeah and and that's 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 you know it's it's something that's interesting um because uh the other question is and i think we uh have have kind of you know said listen uh you know when older talent goes away for a while who are you going to develop who are you going to make your next stars and if you look at what you had on full gear um man there there was a lot of older talent but a lot of you know the the younger talent is kind of stuck in this weird place um you know you 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 have everybody from the jericho appreciation society is gone and they're back to where they were before they're all floundering below mid card none of them have title opportunities except for uh garcia and even his his title opportunity is just mentioned by him we have no idea that he's actually going to get any type of title push and he's a mid card talent at best he should be a ring of honor right and and that's a big point here and and travis makes this point if your nfl team has to train four days a week then your wrestling talent should be doing the same thing and i think you just hit upon exactly what they have that should be utilized for that and that is roh you know this is this is a product that you bought and it clearly now shows the only reason you have this product is because you took it you didn't want WWE to get it, put it with their library, mm-hmm. and you want it to, you know, make it a selling point for a streaming package. But at the same time, you gotta use it. Yeah, it exactly. Like Ronda Rousey was on there. I didn't even know until I heard it and busted open that Ronda Rousey was on Ring of Honor and went, "What? Wh- what? Yeah, what the hell was she doing on Ring of Honor? Why would you not bring? Oh, she's friends with Marina Shafir, so we put her on Ring of Honor." And gave her well, a spot. You know, well, I mean, but, that's a one-off. So, but still, right. And and she and she wrestled the night before with Marina in LA, yep. and probably wrestled on that independent show to a bigger crowd than watched ROH <laughs> getting taped because everyone was gone. You look at the fucking video, and it's just amazing. Oh, man, here's something you don't understand. See, ROH was taped so long ago. This was actually taped during 2020 so all of these matches were done because of covid lockdown protocols which is why it looks like that well it it may be and maybe uh maybe that's the whole thing maybe that uh you know fans just when roh starts they realize i've been here for six hours already i might catch covid so i think (laughs) i better go (laughs) (laughs) But it, but it really does beg, you know, so this becomes the problem. And that is the talent that you should be showcasing on ROH. Um, you should be doing it to get them reps, to get them practiced, to get them developed. But 
also you have a hard time selling it to your audience that would keep them there because you have no coherent stories going on. I've watched it a couple of times and I couldn't follow what was happening. It was a bunch of people that I'd never seen before, never heard of them, and I wasn't invested in what they were doing. Um, but wasn't also that the point of Dark and Elevation was we're going to have these guys and if they if they get over in Dark and Elevation, if they get some traction, we'll put them out there. That's what how they got that's how we got Sky Blue was from Dark and Elevation and she got some traction. Um but they talk about Athena as an afterthought. Amber Moon was fucking great, and she well, became an afterthought, and, and they never knew what to do with her, so they just sorry put her on Ring of Honor. Well, throw her in the closet. But 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 the problem with that is exactly that, and that is you have a good wrestler who is essentially doing this so that they can develop other women. That's why she's the champ. Um, but she, she's too young herself to be putting other people over like that. I feel. Well, she's not. She's not putting other people over. She just. She is the champion. Yeah. It's, there's just no. There's no coherent show for her to be. That title has dust on you know. it. Exactly. All those titles oh, yeah. have dust on them. <laughs> yeah. The only one that the. The championship itself has dust on it, whereas the, you know, now that Kings, Kingston has it, the reason it's getting exposure is because he has the other title, you know. You know who knows how to make a title prominent and shiny? Our good old British former champion, Soraya. She knows how to shine a title up real good. Well, all organic. Know, all organic. So, you know, uh, in, in talking about this, uh, you know, you had both uh, titles on the line for the women. Both women's titles did change. Um, you had Tony Storm, uh, who's had it now. This is her third time. Yep. Uh, you know, it's smart because of the fact that this is a character. And we can see, you know, we, are they going to be able to develop this character and keep it interesting and keep it going uh, and have, you know, feuds with legitimate contenders to make the title. Two title defenses. Valuable. I'll Possibly. give her two title defenses two? and then they'll they'll pull the plug on it. it well, it, it depends whose hometown they're in. Uh. You know, because that always seems to kind of happen with Tony. Um, but I mean, the, uh, I, I prefer that to the alternative though, where if they were playing, you know, if they were running a show in someone's hometown, you knew they were going to lose. Yeah. So, I mean, I personally prefer, you know, somebody winning in their hometown as opposed can to, can we assume that Britt Baker is going to lose? Can we assume that Britt Baker has legitimately gone back to her, uh, dental practice for a while and recouping and getting plastic? God only knows. God only knows, man. She's she's the devil. We all know that. <laughs> uh, oh I'm yeah, telling you, that, man. That that should that should be the direction that they go, but they won't. Britt Baker is the devil. Yes. <laughs> um, Travis brings up a great point here. With WWE having a strong female Japanese faction, I'm surprised she lost her AEW title. That's a great point. Um, hmm. Considering it seemed like she'd have got the title because they put the WWE put the title on a Japanese wrestler. Um, so, 
it was it's, boring this time around, though. This title reign was absolutely. a very boring one. Well, she, it, but it, it also came out of nowhere. Yeah, I, th I think I think the thing to keep in mind with Sheeta is that she's just going to be a transitional champion whenever random shit happens, or you know, they need when to she was feuding a year then, and a half ago, she was great. When she came yeah, out, I was I excited agree. for Sheeta. Uh, when she came out with the anime gear and all that jazz. Uh, I liked her. I really did. Yeah. Um, her fights with Abaddon were great. Um, and her reactions to everything Abaddon was doing were great. When Sheeta was losing her mind because Tony Storm was going all black and white, I'm like, why is she this angry right. at someone who's mildly obnoxious? Like, the person's not interrupting your matches. They're not slapping right. you, and they're not... And you're, like, over-the-top dramatically, like, oh, you! You Hollywood 20s star... I'll get you. I was like, well, what is this? She doesn't even know how to react. It, it was a really bad booking. Well, and and um, unfortunately, too, that also comes down to uh, producing. And you can see that with the <laughs> it's it, some of the production in terms of, you know, what they're doing is decent. All right. But you also have stuff that seems to just kind of go astray or go on a little too long. It's not as polished as it could be um, because they still are learning how to do that. And I think that that, you know, again, you had Sheeta go into this feud really quick, which <laughs> it just seems like, you know, she had the belt. Now let's push it back onto Tony because Tony has a character. But and my thing was with all of that was you find there was there was matches leading up to it that got Tony into the number one contender spot. However, the fact that they went from okay, she's the number one to contender to we're having a blood feud now over the fact that she's obnoxious and right. cutting weird commercial breaks was really out of nowhere. Because it, like because they didn't have anything. That's yeah. the problem. You know, so you find something. Um, Travis uh, chimes in here. If Sheeta was boring, what's going to change now that Tony is champ? Tony versus Paige or Soho doesn't excite anyone. Who does Tony Storm Britt really have Baker. to work with? If they drag Britt Baker out of the dental chair and get her, because she would know what to do with that. She would be able to, she would have the verbal chops to be able to counteract whatever comes out of Tony Storm's mouth. And you could do a, a a a rubber match and have a two out of three on that one. It would be great. I'm I'm going to go in a completely different direction. I think that we could actually reason to see the return of Thunder Rosa possibly. I mean, realistically, Brits out of the picture. You know that they, they their their issues are well documented. Um, when when will Tony Khan actually bring her back to an in-ring capacity? We um, need Rebel. You know, it, ultimately, I think Travis hit the nail on the head, though. Um, the same people that are just being trotted out there week after week after week, they're all defeated. They're all beaten. Um, there's There's definitely a division line, and it's very difficult to see anybody as being a credible challenger right now to Tony storm. Um, I want to say one other thing. Is it me or it, did it feel like this week? The TBS championship was had more relevance behind yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Well, 
because the match was also better too. Yeah. And it had more story to it. That's the thing. Yep. There there was a build to it. You were telling at least some kind of story. Um, One of the things that they did that wasn't necessarily the smartest is they had sky blue eat the pin because you got to keep Statlander strong, but why? That's the problem. Oh, because she's going to chase the belt now as, you know, getting her rematch and stuff. But in all honesty, look at Statlander and look at those other two. Statlander looked like a monster. She's just a big woman, right? Yeah. So I don't see what is the what is the relevance of having Statlander in that position? Why is she not going against Tony Storm? That that was something that I was going to mention, too, is they could possibly use this as a way to get her away from the TBS title and push her toward the the women's world championship. But the other thing Um, is when she was part of the best friends and was the quirky alien and they were milking that. And then when she just became the woman from Long Island who does squats with the with another person, they don't they they put her in a bad place. If she kept milking the alien thing and just kept it vague. She's kind of weird. She's a little mysterious. She gets injured. She comes back. She wins. Now she's just a boring person named Statlander. And it and it it, it that's it. it. She has a name, and that name doesn't fit her per, her persona right now. Everything about her was she was an alien, and she was befriending these weird, quirky guys. Now you've got Orange Cassidy being serious, and he's doing promos, and he's angry, and I have to win. And I'm like, uh, you had you you figured the recipe is you can't talk, you can't cut good promos. I'm Orange Cassidy, and I've got no promo. Good, shut the fuck up. Well, um, you know, Travis says here too. Britt will always be the go-to, and with Jade, Bianca, Io, Asuka, Rhea, Stratton, all carrying the WWE product, who does AEW really have? And that really is. It, again, when they it, brought Taya Valkyrie in for two weeks and nobody cheered for her, even in Canada, and well, she was Taya Valkyrie, but she was a guerra loca. So pick a fucking persona, you idiot. You're either some white chick gringa or you're a fucking Valkyrie. Pick one and lose 15 pounds, too. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, it's 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 very interesting because I think you're seeing in the women's division exactly what they're suffering for, uh, what they're suffering with. And that is that idea of the, the guys, it doesn't show as much as the women that those signings from the WWE has really kind of infected that division to where, they can't figure out how to fucking balance anything. And that's because you have to have Soraya on TV. You have to have Ruby Soho on TV. But they were, they, were, they bombed out rapidly. Like one of my buddies who's a you know big yeah. wrestling fan, he's like, where's Yuka Sakasaki? Where is Rio? Where are all these people who were like plucky underdogs and made the matches good? And there was Yuka, you have Rio. And and uh, our favorite bikini model, in and 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 Nyla Rose, great. That was a, that was a match. They built it up. Um, who was that other one? The one who was uh, she was a black wrestler. I can't remember her name. She was uh, 
quit a couple of uh, years ago. She had a she had a dental she had a dental office feud with Britt Baker. Uh, big swole. Big swole. She was great. She was fucking great. She, she had uh, that Bianca Belair vibe got to her. Into, she also had some backstage issues. So yeah, they they you know what the thing is with AEW was it when they got out one year into their product was good and it was strong and it looked like mm-hmm. they had a direction and they had good writing and then it unraveled rapidly. They they well, did not maintain. No, because they it all coincided with Tony Khan thinking that we are so good, we are going to compete with the WWE and look at all these guys who are available now. And That's the thing that Cody was saying when they started is we're not here to compete with the WWE. We're going to make a niche market. We'll get in the middle and then we'll maintain. And they did that for a while and they were good when they had a consolidated product. And then they exploded, and it's just too watered down now. Yeah. Um, let's see. Travis uh, Swole versus Tony Snowman, Tony Khan, a.k.a., on Twitter was Feud of the Year, which it was pretty fucking awesome. And uh, Javon Clare here uh, says uh, Adam Page uh, match was fucking awesome. Uh, best of the night. Uh, you know, that it was fucking is- awesome. It was fuck, was fuck awesome. It was fuck awesome. Fuck yeah. um, you know that's uh, that's one of the things that's interesting here, and I've said it forever, and that is why bleed on regular TV when you can do something like this that it makes fucking sense. The match was so fucking bloody that the shitty taping ropes that they had, you know, the white ropes are just fucking drenched in blood. The blood stained, yeah. yeah. Um, Swerve is a star. Absolutely. Adam Page, Adam Page is still just not that next level, right? No. So the fact that Page could go in there and the question becomes did swerve make him look better or did page do exactly what he needed to do and make swerve uh come off as that next level the look on swerve's face when he was standing upright barely standing upright and oh my god he looks psychotic that was perfect hangman adam page did exactly what he needed to do agree and you know the 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 literal crimson mask. You know, um, yeah. and of course, uh, cowboy shit became vampire shit. As uh, yeah, he made sure to get underneath of Swerve as he was bleeding down, and allowed Swerve to bleed into his mouth before doing his best Gangrel impersonation. Uh, and, that, and everyone was the the, the the team all just Nigel was like, oh, I was like, I was like, that's fucking great. Fuck that. That was great. Which, uh, you know, again, it's, you know, these are the creative things that work, right? That's a that 10 out of was, 10 that match. Yeah, I guess if, if 10 is the scale, I, I'd go uh, <laughs> probably four and a half out of five, but, you know, 10 out of okay. 10. Already. Nine out uh, of 10. But did they miss spots on that? They really didn't miss spots. It was all well done. He tried to fight off the rest of the Mogul embassy. He did for a minute. 
I don't like how squishy Brian Cage is. Brian Cage right. is way too fucking squishy to be getting punked out the way he does. I, I know he's not the greatest in-ring performer as far as on the mic, but he's way too beef to be getting slapped around by scrappier guys like that. Yeah, um, and you know, in in general, that's you know, I think that that whole faction uh, is one of the weirdest put together Absolutely. factions. Um, you know, that's that's another thing. The no, anything to do with Vincent is a weird faction. Anything that Vincent is part of, that <laughs> yeah, <sighs> he sucks, yeah. and they well. always pair him with shitty people. Well, you know, uh, that's a, that, and that's a whole nother thing. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, when you look at, when you look at, um, you know, again, I think the, there was just a fucking too much ridiculousness, um, in terms of the way the championship match was booked together. Okay. Um, first off, MJF being ROH tag champ and being your heavyweight champ makes no fucking sense at all. If you're going to have your heavyweight champ be a tag champ, put the actual tag belts of your company on him, not a fictitious fucking non-televised TV Pause. show. You, you, you gave, I'm going to go the opposite. You gave them way too much credit and any other promotion if your tech partner is injured you either get a new permanent tech partner or you relinquish the belts you don't just have fill-in guys that just keep it afloat fill-in guys he defended the tag titles by himself yeah, on the last once and year. it's and it's ridiculous like one time Braun yeah. Strowman tagged with a little kid and it was a joke and and that was to be a joke when he tagged with a 10 year old but then he, you know, that belt was gone like a week later. He, he of course, the straps. This right. is going and, on way too long. And now, and, what you use it, you put your heavyweight champion who's defending tag titles with a partner who's not his actual partner on the pre show. Yep. Then you do an angle where he gets hurt. Yep. And nobody sees it. <laughs> no one so sees I'm not it. emotionally invested in something that I'm going to be recapped on. Right. By the way, while you didn't watch a YouTube special, guess what? You're the heavyweight champion in the world. How does they snapped? Back to you, Tony. Wait, what? And then that leads to what Travis just said here. Adam Cole is too injured to defend the tag titles, but clear to defend the world. Yep. Title. <laughs> of course. And 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 that's that's the great thing. You know, I mentioned I mentioned the booking logic uh during wrestling talk, and it's it's just astounding. I mean, there are so many holes in this fucking plot that it's ridiculous all you had and to do is have him come out and have uh, and have jay white go all right give me the fucking belt i won and then adam right. cole trying to pause it and delay it and delay it and delay it and then have mjf come in the because the ridiculousness of it all that he was actually even going to be medically cleared to do this with it, it, it's it's beyond kayfabe it, i cannot suspend disbelief no, all no. he had to do was stay in there Maybe he gets takes a bump. Maybe Jay White pushes him to the floor and he takes a couple of bumps. And then you go, wait a minute, you know, and then the ambulance shows up. You knew you were going to do the ambulance gimmick anyway. Then just have him stall. 
Yeah. And and then they could say, hey, we don't know what's going to happen with the status of the belt. Tony Khan hasn't given us a word. Put a question mark over the screen between matches. And then at the end, have the ambulance show up at the last second. And now you can still stay face and everything else could go on as planned. So, but, you know, you don't even have to, you don't even have to have them uh, delay in terms of that. You know, you already have a story. So where is Roderick Strong? Right. Well, I mean, realistically. Oh, yeah, that's really, where were they? Why didn't they show up? He's injured from the night before. But, yeah, I don't understand why yeah, they realistically, why they though, didn't. He's already playing the neck injured guy. He could I, I know. No, I, I, not where much. was the whole kingdom? The I totally whole kingdom get it. should have yeah. came out there for Adam, and they should have been trailing Adam Cole the whole way. Because if Adam Cole is going to take a bullet like that, you would want to have the kingdom come out there and then they get thrown in the mix with the remaining members. And also what happened to, uh, to juice Robinson. We know he took the TV shot, whatever, what really happens to this guy that they didn't even want to use him at all. I mean, he may have legitimately had some sort of a conflict where he couldn't make the show or he may have been injured something to that effect, but yeah, him getting, you know, the the tv thrown at him um that was that was interesting and when that happened i was like okay yeah he'll be at it put some shine on mjf yeah i love that for the moment i was like okay and the guns Uh, are what the guns are the guns are are you know henchmen and that's okay i always thought that bullet club was supposed to be the most elite level wrestlers okay no i mean up until recently and then we're the good brothers because if the good brothers aren't going to be used on wwe wouldn't they try to weasel out of their contracts and get over to aew where they could fill that role well they you know they they have a good situation the situation they want it and that's you know they're they're less impact more money well and 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 spending time with you know their closest friend, you know, exactly traveling together and stuff. Um, it, it, the the thing here, though, is did they just destroy Jay White in a sense? Because Jay White uh, just lost to a guy who had one leg. A perfectly healthy guy lost to a guy who didn't get cleared and was limping around. Um, <laughs> good brothers are working a six man with AJ on SmackDown. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know, uh, on top of that, MJF, uh, <laughs> they do a table spot and the table breaks. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> it just collapsed under him. Yeah, just put the guy on the table and the table just collapses okay. but he but he improvised well on that he took it even I, that was bump. what i was to say too yeah but that goes to beg once again how hard is your leg really? how hurt are you to do that spot and then finish the match but the here's the thing this is where i'm going to say this this is where having a good color commentary team comes into place because now it falls on their shoulders to frame this in the moment they had to find a way to frame this, and they're like, yo, he just took a serious bump. He's really hurt. He's he's having a hard time getting back in the ring because you knew if that was Jim Ross in his prime, 
He'd be going, "My God, kid, how is he even going to do this?" And and you'd be getting into it. The the only thing I don't like with AEW is that whatever commentators start the show, I want them to be there at the end. I don't want this rotating stuff. I want to hear the same voices because these are the people that are constantly reestablishing what I've seen throughout the night. And they have rotating guys in and out. And WWE does this here and there, but not to the level that AEW does it. I'm glad that they didn't do Jim Ross. He doesn't have the, the chops anymore. He doesn't have the mental acuity to, to, to be that quick on his feet. Run with these guys. Shivani should not be on color. He's boring as hell. Correct. He's he's just a disgruntled nerd. Uh, Nigel McGuinness is good. Nigel McGuinness awesome. is the heel that we needed. He's a yeah. royal piece of shit, and I love it. Um, Taz is excellent. He provides yep. the straight lace commentary. He doesn't get too into it with the heel stuff anymore. Um, and then you've got Excalibur. Those are your three guys. And Excalibur is boring. Get rid of him. But they won't because he's a friend. And that's, yeah, he's they're not gonna get rid of him. Right. And that's the you know who's actually good on commentary. He's a he doesn't have the knowledge of the moves and stuff, but Jericho is actually very entertaining in that capacity. His yeah, his well, energy is great. Good good luck getting Chris Jericho to uh to do that. Yeah. Well, he already they exactly. already brought him in at a fair a fair intervals on Rampage and uh not Collision, but they used him on Rampage and he's entertaining. Yep. Oh, he, he he is, but the problem is is that he's still an active guy. Um uh, my my problem is you don't have active guys fucking doing commentary. It makes oh, no sense. By the way, right. Road Dog. I, it yeah. took me a good 45 minutes to figure out that that was road dog and it took me another hour and a half to figure out if i cared he sucked he was a filler he looks like he looks like hell he sounds like hell you know his his tag team partner looks exactly the same with a receded hairline billy gun looks like billy gun from back then with a receded hairline that's about it yeah, well, the difference is Billy Gunn does fucking steroids. Yeah, I was going to say. I've met Billy Gunn. I've never seen steroids in person. Jesus Christ, that's frightening. Right. The whole body's just pulsating and sweating, and veins are just moving like a fucking... You ever see Futurama when they're going through the test tubes, and they're just... That's what it looks like, and you're just like, oh, my God. Awesome. <laughs> this um, doesn't look real. So overall, you know, uh, again, the reaction, I think, uh, from it, it, and again, it's very interesting because I think that you had a, a, a pay-per-view that should have uh, should have in some ways been stronger. Um, yeah, and this is true, too. Uh, Billy Gunn works once a week. Road Dog is a producer. For five hours of life. Yeah, TV. but Road Dog also looks like he needs to try some fucking diet pills or something. Billy Gunn is. Yeah, but Road Dog doesn't, have, doesn't have to. That's the whole right, point. But that's, my thing is like this. Usually, like Lex Luthor by this point was like dying in a room with Miss Elizabeth. I mean, this guy found a way to keep those drugs working for him. I don't know what he's doing, but <laughs> I mean, when that shit ends, it's going to end hard. <laughs> but right now, I mean, fuck it. Well, you know, I, I don't know how, being uh, such. I don't know if anything's going to be hard uh, with uh, Mr. Gunn. Uh, 
He's not well, part of the Bang Bang Gang because he can't bang. Um, but you you had a, a pay per view that um, you know I think the AEW fan base enjoyed. Um, Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of garnered attention on the Texas Death Match. Um, I think that you're going to get overhype from Alvarez and Meltzer. Um, you know, in terms of pushing things a little too far in terms of how great this was. Um, because realistically, if you look at it, the middle of the show was the strongest point. You know, that was where you had some of your best storytelling and some of your best match matches. The MJF match for the holes that it had, though, it the idea was to make this guy the most syrupy baby face coming out of oh, every yeah. pore. And that was a mission accomplished. Adam Cole, the 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 crying friend, like you know, he looked like you know if this was Rocky and the Adam Cole was Adrian, you know, like MGF, Adam, MGF, Adam, you know, and that's what they were going for. It worked. Were there mega holes on how they got there? Sure. Could I give that match absolutely out of ten? Yeah, because the execution mm -hmm. was there. And again, fucking A, Maxwell Jacob Friedman thought on his feet and worked with what he had. Yeah, I got a bum leg. I'm going to jump right onto a hard floor, and I'm going to limp my ass back in the ring. And who knows? That was that makes him a very good guy. He's wearing that jacket, though, that says 2024. So we know he wants out. So I would say sometime by middle of next year, he's going to leave. He'll be gone. I don't know when his contract runs out, but he'll drop the belt. Well, and here's a here's a great point Travis makes. AEW won't pull over 880000 this week. So we're back to the starting point. Good pay-per-view doesn't pull eyes to their product, which is something they've been fighting. Um, mm -hmm. the, the other thing is when you think about – when you think about it, and this is, you know, this this is something that is um, unfortunate. It's they they don't necessarily always build to the pay per view. It just kind of gets put together, and there's this weird feel to that. Um, in terms of if you look at some of the stuff like. You get some set up, you get a couple weeks set up, you get this or that. But Tony was more interested in the fact that, holy shit, Wembley tickets are going to be going on. I was just about to say, like, why are you overhyping something nine months, 10 months out of the road? But also think about this on the dynamite before your pay per view, you did basically a watered down stadium stampede leading yeah. to a, a boring tag match. Yep. So you, you kind of, buried the lead you should have and and that was the thing and and it's not that the match was necessarily bad that that they're they're you know video game match but if this is a video game and you're trying to you know push the hell out of it why would you not save that for the pay-per-view if the whole point is a video game and if you're gonna have two people dress up like yakuza's from kill bill then why aren't they all doing that it was very odd and confused and I, and I and I know why they did that. They wanted to, they wanted Paul White to look decent, and he right. did not look decent in the getup he had. Nope. No. 
so that's so Jericho did him a solid, and you know, Jericho was his depends, which um, is exactly what that was. It was how do we not make this guy look completely embarrassing, and then we're going to embarrass him anyway by just unceremoniously dumping him on the hood of a stanza or a Sonata. What was that? A Hyundai Sonata? Yeah. What's with their obsession with Hyundai? Right on his fucking head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we never see him again. They don't, nope. It's not even like we go here. Hey, Paul, you won. We'll do like rock and, and the the thing that I'll say is, you know, obviously that that video game tie-in is obviously Lost. it's not the first time. Well, it's not the first time that they've done it. It was, uh, it was I vague. Can, I, I still didn't know a video game after all of that. Right. I can I can definitely say that I prefer I prefer that video game match as opposed to the the one that they had for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was complete yeah. wrestle crap. That was yeah. That was an abomination. So I definitely prefer this one. Um, and I, according to what Tony said in the media scrum, uh, they get they were paid very very well for endorsing that that game. So yeah, okay. I guess money talks, you know. And that's why they're pushing the video game that's not their own. But they didn't uh, even WWE. endorse it all that well because I was still it's, confused as to what the fuck the game was about. Like yeah. even WWE yeah. would do a five minute long commercial afterwards. So there was no question that you knew what you were watching and what yeah. you should be buying and how to get it. I didn't get any of that. This was vague as hell. And they gave you one day. They kind of, here you go. Video game. Yeah. Um, final thing that I want to touch on uh, is uh, something that, Steve, you are excited about in wrestling talk, and that is Will Ospreay being this huge signing. Now, here's the thing. Will Don't Ospreay, worry about it. You just got to wait. I've still got five months left on my other contract. So that's, a, that's the first thing. Here is a signing of a guy who they signed but won't be there for five months, which is essentially – putting the Wembley tickets on sale all these months in advance, big, you know, announcement again. The thing is, is that for AEW fans, great, right? You know them, you like them. That makes sense. But the question is, it's not Ronda Rousey. It's not you know, Mercedes, it's not someone who had that even, even edge, right. Who had that appeal to potentially bring eyes in from knowing about this person, not the wrestling fan, but the fan in general. Uh, and Travis makes a good point, signing a guy who works for them anyways all the time. That's, uh, yes, that's what I was going to say. It's not yeah. a surprise. I'm here right. all the time now. Well, lovely. So so the, the question then becomes, is they um, – and, and uh, Travis makes a good point here too. They don't need a Ronda or a Mercedes. They need a Logan Paul or Bad Bunny, which is – absolutely the point the point is is that mainstream attention would potentially build the brand to a larger base not just the wrestling audience 
even if Will Ospreay puts on some of the best matches. And and look, we, Jay White's a great wrestler. But we just saw what they did with Jay White after this, you know, this big buildup of a feud to have him lose. What do you do with the guy then from that point forward? Uh, same when they bring these guys in and they lose to the, you know, the championship match within six weeks of getting there. So what do you do with Osprey to make him come off as that big of a signing when he finally he, gets there? He wins the world title at Wembley. Who is his, 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 entire, his entire run is, should be built around getting to Wembley, winning the world title there. Okay, so then the question becomes, um, and, and timing-wise, that should work, I think, right? Um, so the question becomes then... Revolution's what, typically beginning of March, so... Right. So the question becomes, <laughs> does that coincide with MJF and his contract coming up? Because that's fairly close, right? Does, so, the question is, does MJF still have the title? Is he the one I don't who think drops so. it? I don't think so. Wait, well, who would he drop it to in the meantime? Adam Cole. Um, Adam Cole wins the title and then loses the belt to Osprey. How well, how injured is Adam Cole really? I mean, I could, I, so genuinely, I could see the unveiling happening at World's End December 30th. Um, and the reason being is... Quite frankly, you're in MJF's backyard. You're going to get the reactions that you're wanting to get. You're going to get heavy heat on Samoa Joe because that's who he's going to be facing for the title. So you're going to get, obviously, heavy cheers for MJF. And then after the match, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if MJF gets jumped, we find out who the devil is, take it in whatever direction that you want to go. but you can easily, especially if it's in MJF's backyard, you'll be able to get the negative, the heel reaction that you want to get for Adam Cole as being the main the main antagonist. Um, so could you have it then really far off, go, okay, and now he's healed up a little bit, and go, Adam Cole was the devil all along, it was a fake injury, and yeah. Riley is the other devil henchman, and so is uh, Bobby Fish. I mean, realistically, you could you could even just have it be Roddy in the Kingdom, and then yeah, you could yeah. also have Kyle O'Reilly. That makes more sense. Bobby Fish does not. Bobby seem Fish like is not going to be, be back in AEW anytime soon. Because no, he he was fairly honest about his experience with how fucking yeah disconnected. Where is he even wrestling now? Nowhere. He's not. He was on TNA for like three weeks. Where's yeah. the lie? Um, and um, but yeah, as far as, as far as the, the, the Will Ospreay thing. Um, so the fact is that they're getting somebody at the age of 30 who is bell to bell in ring, the best professional wrestler in the world, bar none today. Um, I think that as I alluded to in wrestling talk, if, Will Ospreay's contract would have had three different letters attached to it 
that they would be celebrating this guy like as if he was the greatest signing of all time. They well, you well, would, you would have certain you would have certain people who are who are saying, "Oh, well this is mediocre signing. This is lame. This guy doesn't have mainstream crossover capability." Those same people if Will Ospreay would have signed with WWE, everybody knows the exact opposite demeanor would be dealt out. Those same people would be going ape shit treating Will Ospreay like as if he was the second Pause. coming. When they brought in Jade Cargill, they were smart in putting her on the throne and they showed lots of pictures of her. The only thing that they did to connect her with the audience who probably doesn't know her from AEW was they had her walk over to a Charlotte Flair and Charlotte Flair goes, oh shit, it's you. And they had her walk over to Becky Lynch and she got the same re reaction. Otherwise, she would have been the Frankie Monet angle because if we're thinking that wrestling fans are savvier, everyone should have said, Taya Valkyrie, and there was none of that um, to what my, Matt you know, has said in the past. So if he goes over to WWE, he's going to be another face in the crowd until he has a banger or a match or two. Um, same thing with MGF. MGF has uh, catchphrases for days. He owns his name. He can go in there and start at the beginning. They'll put him in NXT. He'll go, I'm MGF and I'm better than you and you know it. And he'll get up within a year and a half. I don't doubt that. But even he, if he goes over to, N to WWE, he's not going to be famous out of the gate. He's going to have to scratch all the way from the bottom again. Uh, yeah. I think if you put Osprey over there, he's not going to get that much heat. Now, Kenny Omega, on the other hand, if you were to put him in WWE, people, I think he's a household wrestling name. Kenny Omega would be the only exception I would make to that rule. You know, it, it, it comes down to this, though. I, and I think with Osprey, this is the truth. And that is, look at Shinsuke. Shinsuke is essentially Will Ospreay for what the WWE had at that time, right? They took a guy who is arguably one of the best. They put him down in NXT. He did great. They brought him up. And everyone, you know, always thought that they've fucked him over or he's been me mediocre because he's just never gotten that full push. I think the problem is, is Osprey goes into the WWE, he becomes mid Carter. Osprey goes into AEW, he should be a main eventer because he fits exactly what AEW is. And Shinsuke <laughs> does not do the full repertoire of his moves because when he first got oh. over there. He was implement. I mean, in, in NJPW, they'll do like four finishers in one minute. They'll do bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And that's how he was wrestling, if you notice. It wasn't just a couple of kicks in the Kinjasa. He was doing a lot of combination moves, Shinsuke Nakamura. And then he stopped. And now he's just doing evade, 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 punch, punch, kick, kick. Kinjasa, you win. The other thing that I think we have to at least put out there is there's one major elephant in the room difference between Will Ospreay and Shinsuke Nakamura, and that is your language barrier. So obviously that's something to keep in mind. I'm not going to say that, you know, the reason why it's it's taken Shinsuke so long to be featured more prominently or whatever is based solely off of that, but Again, due to previous regimes, due to people prioritizing certain things and deprioritizing certain things, uh, Nakamura didn't realize his full success until very recently. 
And coincidentally, it just so happened to be after a regime change. Yeah, um, but at the same time, Will Will Ospreay is also not the most charismatic guy. I mean, you I even said enough it. for what he for what he does, and for for the British but, usually being dry. I think he's fairly charismatic. But but you said it, Steve. In ring, mm-hmm. he's great. So again, I think in the WWE, he's he's not. <laughs> he, he's just not fitting right. in there. The same way, um, WWE, you, know. you have to have promos as well as in ring. That's 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 wrestling versus that's, sports that's entertainment, fact. like we've been saying. Travis yeah. uh, says Nakamura is more understandable than Will. <laughs> I, I like the way they were doing those Nakamura promos the first time they did the subtext, and now it came. It's coming off as really corny now. And, and this is Travis made a good point too. Will is charismatic for AEW, but not for the WWE audience. Um, you, you know, and, and it's interesting too because, um, again, um, if you look at it and you go, boy, if AEW had that that one guy like a Logan Paul, um, which why why didn't why haven't they gone over after Jake Paul? why not that could be funny you know those guys will fucking take any type of money that tony oh yeah at them so by the way when is dolph ziggler coming to AEW? i'm assuming he will be he he was backstage at full gear uh there was a there was a photo that uh saw the light of day today uh that's got him in it and uh yeah he'll take it's very interesting obviously yeah, he's he's there with his brother, and it's it's just a matter of time until that contract ends or the, the Nemeth no brothers, the no compete ends. Yeah. yeah, 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 and I think he's into like a month and a half or so. Yeah, so that's the time right. for World's End. Yeah, so that's I like how you yawned at the thought of that. <laughs> oh, the Nemeth brothers. Yeah, they suck. Yeah, yeah. Um, Get Vicky Guerrero to represent them. <laughs> wait, hey, wait a minute. Excuse me. Excuse me. Hey, by the way, by the way, uh, if you're talking about a transitional champion, Naya is probably. Oh, uh, <laughs> well played. Uh, I see what you did there. So anyway, uh, all right. Now let's wrap it up here. Uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in. This well, that's what she did. Count. She wrapped it up. <laughs> Uh, we're just gonna tuck it in for the night and uh, <laughs> call it a call it a day. Uh, <laughs> uh, we uh, we will uh, we will take our grapefruits and go home, and uh, we will see you guys later, everyone. Uh, as DJ Impact will say, happy wrestling. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.